Do you wish there was someone you could talk to openly about money? Someone who could talk to you like a Jewish woman, understanding what your values are and your desire to build a rich life without you needing to apologize or compromise? Someone who could be upfront with you about the Jewish way to build wealth? Then I've got a surprise for you. It's the I'm Ready five-day retreat with me, Yael Trush. During your five days together with me, you will discover the Jewish money secrets that will make you richer. Yes, you heard that right. I've been looking forward to hosting this retreat in English for a very long time, and it's finally here for all of you. It's going to be so deep and so much fun. Head over to yaeltrush.com forward slash retreat to register for an epic five-day experience. I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you really ready to discover the Jewish money secrets that will make you richer? Then head over to yaeltrush.com forward slash retreat to register. Jewish Money Matters episode 219, Ask Yael. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. Friday, December 31st, 2021. Here we are, ladies, headed into another year. People are rolling their eyes saying, oh, another year of COVID. Oh, why can I tell you? Let's just stay optimistic. And, you know, we already had our New Year's and really this New Year's doesn't mean much to me usually, except this year maybe it is a bit more exciting because I'm kicking off the year with my five-day retreat starting January 10th. Have you registered? Head over to yaeltrush.com forward slash retreat to get in on the action and be there five free days to discover Jewish money secrets that will make you richer. I look forward to seeing all of you there. Uh, yeah, I really want all of my listeners there. Can we do that? How fun? How fun would that be? And if you can't be there live, don't worry, we will email you the replays. Don't miss out on this super fun and uplifting event. Register at yaeltrush.com forward slash retreat. Okay, so I usually would go to the iTunes review section, but there are no reviews. What's going on? I get it. It's it's the end of the year. Things are kind of slow. Uh, I've noticed in terms of work. <laughs> it's actually, I, I, I didn't realize how much it slows down. Um, I, I mean, even in social media, I feel like it's so quiet in terms of engagement. I, I A lot of people are either traveling or God forbid, sick again with COVID like we were. And I hope I wish I didn't have to say that. But yeah, but hopefully everybody who's been getting it has been getting it pretty lightly. And we're almost done with this thing. Um, anyways, just remember a reminder to leave a review on the iTunes section and that because every week I will choose a reviewer of the week and that person wins a 20 minute call with me where you get to ask me your money questions or any other question or situation that you want to talk about. We will do that. It's always a lot of fun. I love those. I always look forward. All right. So let's go to the mailbag. Our first question is from Adina via email. And she says, I have a question that may have been answered on the podcast before. And if so, I apologize. When investing for a specific purpose, how close to needing the funds is it advisable to pull them out of the market and put them into something safer? For example, my son is nearly five years old. So I am saving for his bar mitzvah through an aggressive, an aggressive riskier portfolio. I've done research and I think these stocks and funds will do well long 
term, but when would it be a good idea to transition into something even safer? Thanks for your wisdom, and I hope this question helps others. Beautiful, beautiful question, Adina. I am pretty sure it's going to help a lot of people. So in general, the rule of thumb is that anything less than five years is considered short term. And thus, um, you know, a time period when one should perhaps be playing a safer game, sort of speak. But of course, everyone has different risk tolerance. So I'm just giving you the rule of thumb. For some people, you know, short term is really 10 years, they they couldn't stomach, you know. Um, And for some people, it's more like three years, right? And the first thing I should have started with is congratulating, congratulate you because it's um, like, it's awesome. Good for you for already investing for his bar mitzvah in an investment portfolio. I mean, you have what, eight years of growth or more like maybe six or seven, since usually we have to start pulling out money to start paying for things the year before our child turns 13. I mean, depending on how you're celebrating, but you will, you know, probably will need the money at least during that 12th year of life. Um, So I'm personally not this is me okay yeah I'll trash and don't take this as like you know you have to be like that but I'm, I'm personally not too worried about the dips in the market in general um but let's say you get to the two years three years before his bar mitzvah let's say and you feel like you're getting nervous that all shall tank and that you will lose such a great percentage of your money I mean again I I don't worry but maybe some you know maybe you do you can adjust your allocation to something safer, like more bond more bond funds in lieu of stock funds. And and again, I would do that. Getting closer to the bar mitzvah, I, would de- um, I myself would definitely shift the allocation. The question is how close to the day that you need the money. And that's really, really personal. For some people, five years before the day I need the money is close enough that I'll be switching that allocation to a lot more bonds and stocks. And for some people, it's more like, three years or even two years. So that really depends on you. I'm also assuming that you're investing in index funds, not mutual funds. And that will be a great way for you to maximize the gains that you can make over the next six to seven years, because the difference in fees is actually quite a lot. As we've talked on this show um, extensively, a mutual fund can be close to 1% in fees, if not more, while an index fund could be well over 0.1%. And that is a big difference. Um, remember, we're compound, pa- compound, ca- compounding. So, so make sure you take that into account so that you maximize those gains. And yes, if as you're getting closer to the date, and again, that for you could mean four years, three years, two years, I don't know, you have to see how you feel. Um, and you feel like, hey, this has definitely grown to an amount that I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with, and I don't want to risk it too much then you just adjust your allocations a bit um, and you and you you could shift those allocations. Let's say you start shifting them on on year um, four and then you you know at, you, you continue to reduce the risk through year three, year two, year one, right? So it's it's pretty flexible. Um, and that's how I would approach it. I don't know that I would necessarily pull out my money. I would just perhaps, it adjusts the allocations gradually to something with less risk. All right. So that's, that's Adina's question. Great question. And good job again. Thank you so much. Leah asks, how much time do I have to give my MICER money? If in one month I received $20,000 and I have to give $2,000 in MICER, in how much time or in how long do I have to give the MICER from that money? Do I have a year to do it or can I take longer? Great and interesting question, Leah. I hadn't even thought of such a thing. 
So let's dive in. Indeed, you would give $2,000 in MISER. Now as to when do you have to give it? Well, the ideal is immediately. But if for whatever reason you need to delay it, so you must keep a record of it that you kind of owe God that money, right? You owe the world that money, right? My understanding is that you have until that Rosh Hashanah and or the end of that fiscal year, depending on how you want to mark your year. Remember, that's why it's so important for us to make a decision how we're marking our year. If we're marking it from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah or from tax season to tax, whatever, what do you want to call it? Tax season? Yeah, like a fiscal year, right? Um, so, you know, from now, from January 1st to December 31st, it's that how we're marking it. But most of us like make like to make sure that we're accounting for the income and the tithe from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah. If you want to do it the way you account for your taxes and you want to say, you know, it's December 31st, I mean, January 1st to December 31st, that's fine. And you want to keep track that in this fiscal year, I made this much and I should have paid this much MISER and I still haven't fulfilled it, then you would do it. You make sure you would fulfill that obligation um, in, in that year, right? Otherwise, um, we would do this accounting before Rosh Hashanah, so during the month of Elul. I wouldn't recommend carrying an account, um, a balance with God over one year. Really, we are assigned income for one year and we have an obligation to God over that year. That's why the income was given to us. Remember that every Rosh Hashanah, we get assigned what we're going to receive that year. So every Rosh Hashanah, we also have a commitment, a partnership that the term of the partnership is that we're going to be tithing. We're going to be giving of that money to others in need. So the sooner we give it, the better. But if it needs to get delayed, I believe you really only have one year. Hope that helps. Next question is from Babette. And Babette says, what's the best way to save for college if you're a high net worth family? I love this question. I actually had not thought about this in these terms because there are several ways to save for college. Um, so you ask about high net worth individuals or families. And the only thing that I can think of is a 529 plan, which is what people typically do for college. But there's another option I'm going to tell you about. Um, and that's the Coverdell or the ESA plan, which is similar to the 529 plan. But the major difference is that the ESA plan has an income limit of $220,000 if you're filing jointly or $110,000 for single filers. And again, those limits maybe change year after year. So you have to check the tax code, um, the IRS website. Um, but the 529 plan on the other hand, doesn't have an income limit. So since you asked about high net worth, you're probably going to be looking to a 529 because I'm just assuming that the income that you're, you know, that you're, I guess, having in mind is, is above the, the limit, above the 220, right? So you could always, this just for everybody else, you could always start out with an ESA and as your net worth increases, you can also open a 529. You can actually have both or you can transfer from the ESA to the 529. Now, let's go into a little bit of a, of the just the details just to give a general um, overview of what these plans are. The Talking about the 529, which is really what the answer to your question, what's the best way, at least it's the only way that I know would would be helpful in the case of high net worth individuals. And it doesn't only have to be high net worth, but um, the annual contributions of the 529 
um, are quite high. Like it, it varies by state, but it's typically about $300,000 that you could contribute into the plan. Whereas with the ESA, the Coverdale ESA, the limit of the contribution is only $2,000 annually. So again, for a family who's starting, I mean, that's that's a great way to start saving. But again, if your income is way higher than two twenty. dollars um, then you have another option, and the option is a five twenty nine, and and you can you can contribute to that plan a lot more than just two thousand dollars annually. Okay, so the other thing that you want to know is that you don't have to open a five twenty nine five twenty nine plans are state sponsored, but you don't have to open one in the state that you live in. So you can do research on which state's plan is more attractive to you. And the differences will be mostly in the investment options that you get in the plan and in the amount that you can contribute. Um, again, we're talking a lot of money, right? Between $300,000 to way, way more than that. And then there's another additional thing that you might want to consider is that some states might offer a state income tax deduction or a tax credit based on the contributions to the state's 529 plan. So in general, you do want to look for a plan that allows you to choose the funds that you invest in through the account. And so these are usually called flexible plans. And you want to stay away from fixed or life face plans because you want to have more control. You want to stay in control of the mutual funds at all times. Again, we always want to be able to control how our money is being invested, especially because we want to be in control of those fees. Okay. So going back to these two, the, the, now we talked, we just talked about the 529, um, just in general, the 529 and the Coverdell ESA, they have benefits. The benefits, aside from saving for college, the benefits in terms of taxes. So much like a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k, you invest the money, you invest with after-tax dollars, okay? So your earnings accumulate on a tax-deferred basis and they're entirely tax-free if you use them to pay for qualified higher education expenses. And of course, you have to read like what those are, but if it's used for qualified education expenses, you know, you get that tax benefit. Otherwise, you're going to be paying, I think, a 10% penalty fee or something along the lines, okay? There's another additional aspect, which is that the money in either of those plans can be transferred to a different person without paying taxes on the money as long as that person is a relative of the previous beneficiary. So for another, so let's say if your first child receives, I don't know, a scholarship that will pay for college or they decide to forgo college altogether, then the funds in your 529 or your Coverdale ESA plan can be transferred to your second child, for example, right? And you won't lose the money or the tax benefits. Another way in which the two plans are alike is that when it comes to financial aid, this is this is kind of an important point in, in this area. It's that when it comes to the application for financial aid, both plans are treated like they are, they're not counted against the child, meaning they're not treated as assets of the child. So they won't harm your child's chances of receiving the financial aid since they aren't considered assets. This is versus Another way to save and invest for your children, which I've talked to about in the show, which is the UTMA account, which would in fact count as assets and which would hurt your child in their financial aid application. But that's for a different day. So 
short answer to your questions, to, to your question, it seems like the 529 plan would be your your best bet. You would get uh, a lot of tax benefits from it and a, a big savings opportunity. So that's what I would say. And that's a wrap for today's lady, the last ladies, the last episode of the year 2021. Thanks to Adina, Leah and Babette for your questions. Keep sending those in via email or DM on Instagram. I'm on yeah, L, I do it. I'm not a Jewish Latin princess. Ha <laughs> uh, The change, ladies, the change. So much change in the air. Okay, Instagram, I, I'm at Yael Trush. And email, I am at Yael at Jewish Latin princess, but, dot com. But of course, we're going to change that soon, right? You know that's coming, right? I hope this was helpful. And remember that I'm going to be with you starting January 10th in the free five-day retreat. I'm ready. Five free days to discover Jewish money secrets that will make you richer. And who doesn't want that? I want all of you there. That's what I want. Seriously, head over to yaeltrush.com forward slash retreat to register. And yes, you will get replays and the homework and qualify for the prizes, the whole thing. Even if there's some days or one day that you can't be there live, or even if you can't be part of the Facebook group, because I don't know, maybe you don't use Facebook. I don't know. Just head over to yaeltrush.com forward slash retreat and you'll be in all of it. All right. Remember to leave a review and rating. And every week I will pick a reviewer of the week and you will get a 20 minute call with me to chat. I'm always looking forward to that. Have a Shabbat Shalom and remember your Jewish money matters.